Today was National Chocolate Chip Cookie Day. Celebrate by having one and, you know, then shrugging and having a second one and then having a third one, but swearing. That's it. Then having a fourth one, then sealing the bag up with tape because that'll do it. Then breaking the seal and eating five more, then realizing there are only three left. So you may as well just, you know, finish the whole bag. Then go to the store, buy another bag and sneak it back into the cupboard so your wife doesn't know what you've done. Because she doesn't appreciate National Chocolate Chip Cookie Day. <laughs> the Philistine. Of course, you are uh, not a big fan of various uh, National Pancake Day, National Blueberry Day. National... I, I'm not a fan. Um, that's one way to put it. Well, could you quickly run through for people who didn't hear that segment? Because I, I still think it's fascinating hmm. how that whole thing works. Oh, you just like the, the quick version. There's a website, right? Uh, yes. Y- yeah. I mean, occasionally Congress will pass a resolution, but who cares? Yeah, there's just a website where you apply and you give them one to eight hundred dollars, depending on whether you seem to have deep pockets or not, <laughs> and, and get the, November fourth declared a National Armstrong and Getty Day by a website. Right. It's exactly like uh, your star name will be recorded in book form in the Library of Congress. <laughs> so you're gonna print it. You're saying <laughs> it's just it's. Just and there something. are multiple for every day, right? Because oh, there you, could be 50. You can't end at 365 different objects. Right. Yeah. Now, I'm such a big fan of the chocolate chip cookie. Uh, homemade. Uh, it's got to be homemade. Um, that I'm, I'm a little soft on this particular idiotic, phony national day. But. Yeah. So I, uh, I, like a lot of people, are worried about where America's headed. Oh, I, I haven't mentioned this in a while. There's a Gallup. Gallup is out today with how people are feeling about the country, and uh, it's dropped quite a bit in in very recent really? days. Really? Why? <laughs> <laughs> the country is going straight into the dumper. Oh, I can't find my phone. Did I leave it in the bathroom? I hate oh, oh no. There's somebody urinating on it right now. Oh, it, uh, just past your coffee cup. No, I found it. <laughs> there yeah. you go. No, I've left my phone in the bathroom, and you don't know what unspeakable things people do. It. Oh, please. <laughs> just, just, just horrific. Um, uh, Gallup out today, um, and uh, we've dropped off a cliff on our uh, attitudes about America. Let me find that for you. 13% of American adults are satisfied with the way things are going in the United States right now. I would like to talk to those 13%. You're satisfied with the way things are going in America right now. The economy's okay with you. And the, uh, the whole there's a pandemic, you have to wear a mask everywhere, and schools aren't open. The economy's been crushed, uh, ring a bell? And we're at, our th- at each other's throats racially in a way that we haven't been in like uh, 100 years. I wonder if it's the super woke crowd that feels like the wind is in their sails. No, they couldn't be. Not with Trump in the White House. They wouldn't be saying they're satisfied with the, yeah, the way yeah, things are going point. in the United States. Well, who is it then? Idiots. Ah. Mouth-breathing, paste-eating morons. Yes! Oh. <laughs> I don't even think. Whoa! But the, the interesting thing is... It had reached a 15-year high at 45% just this past February, <laughs> which you know, right? That which is the month before the coronavirus hit, or before we all knew about it, right? Um, and when the stock market was the highest it's ever been, and yeah, things were looking pretty rosy. So we've gone from the highest little... number to the lowest in in the space of Couple six months. months. Yeah, lovely. Uh, so this is what a cliff feels like. But so uh, I'm I'm a I'm in a group that's not real happy with the the direction things are going right now, and a lot of it is cultural. You know, pandemics come and go; it's part of world history. What are you going to do? Um, uh, but the cultural stuff that is, you have some control over that. Um, 
individually, I don't know how much you can do, but our media, which is a critical component of a free people, is miserably incompetent at this point. But this was on display to me uh, in a weird way over the last couple of days. So I may I become a jazz freak, like in the last year or so. Like mm. I'm just super into the jazz music. That makes you better than everyone. Absolutely, that's one of the best parts about jazz. I can look uh, look down on people like me who also listen to uh, like country and bluegrass and stuff like mm. that. Idiots. Rubes. What do you got? Three chords. <laughs> what is that? A bunch of crap. You don't have like fifty chords and then like seven key changes. Ugh, how do you call that time? How do you call that music? Come on, man! You Any... stayed on that quarter for like three beats. What are you lazy? <laughs> <laughs> um, but so I was reading about the history of jazz, and as uh, in particular Louis Armstrong, and um, who is really credited with practically inventing jazz and uh i read a couple of different biographies the first couple of chapters and it was interesting how different their approaches were based on when they were written oh my and the most recent one worked so hard to 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 pound it into your head like okay i get it already you said that four pages ago that this was all music that came from africa it was all about Africa, Africa, the, the slaves forced to come over here, hanging onto their culture, despite the fact that the white man stole it and then tried to profit from it. But it's all African culture and everything. And then the older biographies um, talked about this mixture of all the different things that had occurred in America and the Irish this and the French that and the Spanish that and, right. and black slave songs, the drums, and the beat and everything and all come together and in inventing clearly. a new art form, which is clearly what happened. Right. And including watching a video last night of the great Wynton Marcellus, who's really an American treasure. I don't know if you've ever caught his act. He's a monster. When he's when he's teaching. Oh, and he does teach a lot. Uh-huh. And, uh, and and he's a he's a you know, he's a. Uh, He's a real thinker and writer and speaker of just all kinds of things, American culture, and then specifically tied around music. I did one, not know that. One of the great trumpet players of all time. Oh, huh. yeah. God, catch any video where he's speaking yeah. uh, about the history of the country. He's a fascinating human being. Wow. Um, but anyway, he was on stage somewhere in Aspen for some get-together, and he's being interviewed about it. And he was talking about the Irish jig and, and Western European music and how they took the the beat from Irish jigs and it mixed with... Uh, plantation songs, and that's how he came up with this rhythm. And he would tap it out and play Cultural it on his own. Played on the yeah, and and no mention stealing from my people. No mention of any of the. And this was from 2015. So you know, was, give me my beat back. No mention of the. The, the 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 nonstop cultural appropriation crap. Right. And I thought, it is crap. And it is crap. And I thought his description is what um, makes America so great. Yeah. You know, taking parts of all these different things and putting them into something that's better, whether it's well, you know, whatever it is, whether whether it's food or ideas for running a business or whatever the hell it is. It's just fantastic. It's what, what the advantage we have over practically every other country on the planet. And it builds understanding, And too. other people yeah. are working so hard to destroy that. Yeah. They've made it their life's goal to destroy that and say, no, 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 this was us. We came up with this, and anybody else who's using it needs to be canceled or sued or should be ashamed of themselves right. or something. Well, and they say that of every group. You over there, you don't interact with them. You stay in your ghetto. Musically, you know, socially, cuisine, whatever. And you stay in right. your ghetto, I'll stay in my ghetto. 
And that's how we'll all be uh, equal. Oh, and the one, and the most oh, recent, disgusting. And the most, you people are sick. You're mentally ill. And the more recent book about Louis Armstrong, uh, I assume everybody knows who he is: trumpet player, jazz guy from way back in the day. Big smile, etc. Yeah. Um, well, hello, Dolly. Oh, that's funny. Well, hello, Wynton Marcellus talking Dolly. about that. He said because I grew up with that too. Uh, sure. Louis Armstrong was still alive when I was a little kid, and that's that's all he was to me. His heyday was in the 20s. Mm-hmm. His best stuff was in the 20s and had nothing to do with any of that. And At that point, he was the beloved entertainer. And you know, Right. And Wynton Marcel said, I saw that stuff when I was a young man. I was wearing an afro and platform shoes, and I had all this. I see this old guy with the, uh, singing Hello, Dolly, and, and Uncle Tom and around for a bunch of white people. I couldn't have hated that more. <laughs> um, he said until I finally yeah. got into the older stuff. But the one, the more recent biography of Louis Armstrong, just endless talk about how um being black and culturally black was so important to louis armstrong and everything he ever did in his music was about hanging on to that black culture and putting it in the face of white blah 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 you know it's all political and this and that mm-hmm. and then the other biographies don't mention that at all and my guess would be he never thought about it for a second Ever. He just, you know, he heard music, he liked this, and he played music. Yeah. I doubt he was carrying around this deep-seated need to 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 forward the plantation song in the face of white people, you know, for 50 years. Boy, if he was, I missed it in the yeah. music. I, 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 I would guess, I wish he was alive so you could ask him, he'd say, I don't know what the hell you're talking about <laughs> with all that. But yeah. why, why are we working so hard to tear down the actual... Well, it's the difference between... You know, e pluribus unum or whatever that other thing is you say. E pluribus pluribus yeah. for many, many. Or or do we come together and share and relate to each other and try to understand each other and, and try to live up to the ideals of the country? No, we want everyone in their ghetto. The woke crowd are the most effective racists since uh, uh, you know who in Germany. Yeah, it's weird. It's yep. absolutely weird. Yeah, it is. It's shocking. You know who. I'm not going there. But I was thinking a guy like Wynton Marcellus, he's one of those over 50 liberals who don't fit in with the younger liberal crowd. No, no. Well, we were talking about this yesterday. I happen to be um, uh, in a, a group of fellers, including one guy who was canceled by the woke crowd. He just had horrific luck and was uh, brutally deprived of his career uh, by the, the woke lunatics and the cowards who employed him. Um, and... I made it clear to the people, understand this is not about criticism. This is about power. And they don't want justice. They want blood. They want you to be afraid to oppose them. They don't want you to learn the rules and follow them. They want you to be confused and frightened, and you don't know what the rules are. That's how you get people's compliance. That's how you keep them constantly on their toes. I mean... Stalin could could do a, a TED talk on it. He was a master of it. The party line would change semi constantly, and if there was some official he became a, a suspicious of or felt what was a uh, a rival for power, we would just find a quote from them two months ago where they were loyally spouting the party line. But now the party lines changed, so Stalin could say, "Look what they said two months ago. They're a counter revolutionary." And he'd have them executed. That's what the woke crowd is going for. Some of them understand it, and some of them are just going along because they're saps and think they're doing something important. But that's what they're going for. So Joe Biden actually did an interview, uh, which he's not doing much of, a friendly uh, in, in a friendly place, obviously. 
as he, as he is wont to do. But we got a couple of clips for you that we think you'll find entertaining. Oh, and listen, I, I don't mean to spend the whole day being uh, you know tied up in knots or anything, but a prosecution uh, in Los Angeles that has made it clear you are not allowed to protect your family in your home. Oof. At least not in L.A. Yeah, shocking stuff. Don't go away. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I'm so forward-looking to have an opportunity to sit with the president or stand with the president in debates. There can be plenty of time. So that's uh, Joe Biden answering the question on an interview he did today. He hasn't done a lot of interviews. You know, to Trump's credit, he does a lot of interviews and takes a hell of a lot of questions. He puts himself out there. Mm-hmm. There's no way you could knock him for uh, not putting himself out there. And he, you know, if he sits down with any mainstreamish media person at all, they're uh, they're they're going to come at it from an anti-Trump standpoint. Mm-hmm. Biden well, is Chris Wallace uh, gave him both fists yeah. on Fox News. Uh, Biden has not answered many questions, and if I were him, I wouldn't either. He's probably not going to debate, and he'll probably never have a press conference. But anyway, he was asked about the debate, and that's what he said there. We might have to listen to that again. The uh, the debate one? Yeah. yeah, it's short. I'm so forward-looking to have an opportunity to sit with the president or stand with the president in debates. He sounds like... There can be plenty of time. He sounds like an incoherent old man. D- to me, the biggest thing from that is the, the ending message of there's going to be plenty of time. I think that hey, we, we can get to that later. What we need to focus on now is... Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be kind of his his public strategy... While I believe his campaign will will try to drag their feet and and reduce the number of debates possibly well, to zero. I having to been forward looking to <laughs> debates the. <laughs> um, didn't somebody tell us something about words being in wrong orders being a sign of something? Yeah, it's a somebody somebody or others aphasia. Um, it's a neurological condition that happens when you get older. That yeah yeah that yeah it's one of the signs of cognitive um, uh, decline can be and he seems to have it because the words are in the wrong order a lot yeah yeah um wow uh but he was also uh well he's talked about his cognitive decline whether or not he's willing to take a test please clarify specifically have you taken a cognitive no i haven't taken a test why the hell would i take a test come on man that's like saying you, before you got in this program, if you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not, what do you think, huh? Are, are you a junkie? What do you say? <laughs> what are you, a junkie? <laughs> Fair charge. Are you or aren't you? Answer the question. He dodged it. Come on, man. The way he phrased, that's like me. It's, 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 the, the way he describes the test. Can we play that again? That's like saying you, before you got in this program, if you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not, what do you think, huh? That verbiage was just so jumbled. Huh. It's, um, I was trying to remember who, I, I thought it was Matt Tybee and Rolling Stone who thought it was really weak that the 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 the, the, the mainstream media has not pushed Joe Biden more on you know, the whole or his campaign more on the whole cognitive decline thing, because Mm -hmm. it's pretty evident for everyone to see 
And I think that's I think that's completely fair um, that, you know, you take a look at that. He, he's acting like, what are you talking about? You know, it's like uh, when 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 uh, when we had our uh, first son and they they got a they 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 pull you out of the room as the dad so oh. they can ask the, the the mom holding her, you know, one hour old baby. Um, does he beat you at home? Which I just, uh, yeah, it's unbelievable. But, but you know, normal for normal candidates, I would think, are you going to take a cognitive test to make sure you're sure? But be like, what are you talking about? No. But there's, you know, I think that's a reasonable. I think it'd be reasonable for the mainstream media to push the Joe Biden campaign on that. They're mm-hmm. not going to. No, no, absolutely not. The, the uh, lefty crowd is thinking, look, we get rid of Trump. Period. Get rid of Trump. Biden's in there. He's struggling. We cite the 25th Amendment. He goes along with it. He might even resign. His V, you know, he right. Might, he might happily resign after a, a month. Yeah, he gets to be on the, you know, the, the list of presidents. Bit of an asterisk, a bit of a trivia question. But uh, anyway, he got the gig. He finally got elected. His life's work is crowned. Sure. And then he moves on. And uh, President Kamala Harris leads us into the uh, the brave new world. The uh, enlightened utopia that we can all look forward to. <laughs> Assuming he ever chooses somebody. Yep, yep. Guy defends his family, gets prosecuted for it. Oh, boy. Coming up. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Oh, we're going to get as a standalone drop Biden saying, why the hell would I take the test? (laughs) Come on, man. Kraft Macaroni and Cheese is now going to come out with a breakfast edition. We'll have live team coverage on the way. Why the hell would I take a test? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll wear that out over the next 90 days. Oh, boy. I I don't want the show to be overly serious all the time. No, but and, and we don't engage in hyperbole around here. But I think we're actually in a fight for the 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 culture, the principles, the soul of the country. Here's a good example for you: the husband of L.A. County District Attorney Jackie Lacey, he's a black man, by the way, faces charges for pulling a gun on Black Lives Matter protesters outside the couple's house in March. Is the way CNN uh, phrases it. It was the wee hours in the morning. Of the morning, they're on their front porch pounding on their door. The protesters. The are. protesters are, and the husband comes out. He says, "You got to get off my porch," and they won't. I'd be scared to so death. So he grabs. He has would, a gun, and I he would, says, "You have to back off." I don't know if I'd have had the guts to do that, but I'd have been scared to death, and I'd have had my gun out of the safe, no doubt. David Lacey faces three misdemeanor counts of assault with a firearm. One count each against three of the uh, the activists, the wokeshivists, or did I? I went with the wokesists. Um, according to the complaint filed Monday by the insufferable California Attorney General Xavier Becerra, two of them are Black Lives Matter L.A. activists. One is with White People for Black Lives, a BLM uh, ally. In March, protesters showed up at the Lacey home before dawn, demanding a conversation about officer-involved shootings and accountability in the black community. In a video recorded by one of the uh, wokesists, 
David Lacey can be seen waving a gun and telling the protesters to leave, saying, I will shoot you. Get off my porch. Later, District Attorney Jackie Lacey made an emotional apology and said her husband meant no harm. The prosecutor told CNN last month that she felt the protest crossed the line, that it was a creating it was creating a situation where someone thinks they're about to be harmed. I don't think that helps your cause at all. Absolutely indisputable. You are absolutely right. The attorney said he disappointed with the charges. Uh, we disagree entirely with their assist, assessment, but we have the utmost faith in the justice system, etc., said the attorney. We're not going to comment on the facts of the case, as attorneys never do. Um, except to say, okay, my client's human instinct is forever and always to protect his wife and his family from keeping them safe from physical harm. Yeah, that is just shocking. You have angry lunatics pounding on your door in the wee hours of the morning. You fear for your life, and you can't even produce a gun and say, back off, or you'll get charged by Javier Becerra. How do you like that? I wonder why people are leaving California by the tens of thousands. Unbelievable. Why the hell would I take a test? Joe Biden said, among other things we played just a few Why the hell ago. would I take a test? Um, <laughs> uh, we were talking about his jumbled sentences. The weird thing he does where just, just the beginning of that one where he gets all the words in the wrong order about the debate. I'm so forward looking to have an opportunity to sit with the president. That's interesting. That sounds like somebody who's really drunk. Well, somebody said, no, we've all heard the phrase word salad, but I guess that's a phrase they've been using for years in healthcare and is associated with dementia as a sign of various things. They're, mm. they're doing the word salad thing. Hmm. I don't know. It d- doesn't mean he's incapable of uh, being president, but why the hell would I take a test? It's not an unreasonable question. Um, We'll have plenty of time to talk about that over the next couple of months. Wernicke's aphasia. I think that's the one. Um, In this form of... Stop it. I don't want your newsletter. In this form of aphasia, the ability to grasp the meaning of spoken words is chiefly impaired while the ease of producing connected speech is... No, that's not it. Mm. Well, it's known as the fluent aphasia. Um, they can produce words, but they're far from normal. Sentences do not hang together, and irrelevant words intrude, sometimes to the point of jargon in severe cases. I do that. Uh, interesting. Um, I thought this was interesting from The Atlantic. This is on the subject of schools opening or not, private schools opening or not, public schools opening or not, or whatever. In The Atlantic, a New York-based intensive care nurse named Kristen McDonald, her husband is a teacher, employed American educators to come back to work in the fall. She makes clear that she supports teacher-led campaigns to make sure that safety measures are in place, but she's against preemptive safety strikes, in quotes, like the one being threatened by the American Federation of Teachers. I can understand that teachers are nervous about returning to school, she writes, but they should take a cue from their fellow essential workers and do their job. Even people who think there's a fundamental difference between a nurse and a teacher in a pandemic must realize there isn't one between a grocery store worker and a teacher. That's what I've been saying all, all week long. How does society think, well, grocery store workers have to go in, Home Depot workers have to go in, but teachers don't? Mm-hmm. What is that weirdness? I don't quite get that. I don't know. I saw a tweet from a teacher. Answer the question honestly. Would you want to go into a classroom with 25 kids for six hours a day? 
be a little uneasy about it, I guess. I can see that, too. At, at my age. Do yeah. you want to go into the Home Depot full of uh, people everywhere, the grocery store, which is packed full of people sometimes, shoulder to shoulder? Right. Do you want to do that? I don't Not want to really. work at all, honestly. I'm a man who craves leisure. <laughs> Not really, but, but it's my job, and they told me i got to be there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We're a different people than we were for every previous pandemic. We're a people so dumb that the media gets away with, we need to keep the kids safe. When every pediatrician in America says, um, the kids are going to be safe. Yeah, that's unless not, you keep them home. That's frustrating because that's not yeah. even the issue. It's whether or not, you know, they'll spread it to older people. That's a reasonable question. I get that is a, an actual question. The keeping the kids safe is not a question. Right. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know how we got so far down the road of Home Depot's essential, grocery stores essential, schools aren't. What the what? I do think a lot of it is people without kids not realizing how bad the online thing was. But anyway, oh, that reminds me of uh, somebody emailed us. They they want to make a thousand schools or essential signs and have us distribute them or something. I'll find that email and we'll see if we can put something together. Oh, speaking of old people. Um, I'm digging deeper into the uh, recently released FBI documents about the investigation into Hillary's email server. Why the hell would I take a test? We're talking about Hillary. Why the hell would I take a test? All right. Um, <laughs> among the more amusing uh, revelations, actually, it's not amusing if you get to the heart of the thing, which is she was using a private email server and a and a uh, easily hackable email account for classified stuff. Um, uh Hanley, this is Monica Hanley, veteran Clinton aide, revealed in her FBI interview that she had no idea where a thumb drive she used to store an archive of Clinton's emails had gone. She searched for it, which the FBI described as something she happened to have laying around the house, but couldn't find it. So there's a thumb drive somewhere with all of Hillary's State Department emails. Uh, the interview provides more insight into Clinton's lack of technical acumen. According to the FBI's Huma Abedin write-up, she could not use a computer. Hanley said Clinton had no idea what her passwords were and had to rely on aides. Well, as a Luddite myself, I get that. I, Jeez, I spent so long struggling with passwords over the weekend trying to get my kids' Minecraft Nintendo Switch thing to all match up with the... The, the the Microsoft password to match the mind ah Durr. I get I get that I can't beat up Hillary for that plus she's had people to take care of that uh, her whole life oh yeah yeah I just think it's kind of funny funny strange that uh, she has a, a a private email account on a private server and has to give multiple aides her passwords because she doesn't know what they are and can't be bothered well yeah, and that's yeah. national security in the computer age. I wouldn't do that I mean that's just something. Um, when we come back, boy, the, um, uh, remember that hearing last week with all the big tech giants? Gonna be uh, really, they're gonna take it in the shorts, finally. Finally, they're gonna have to answer the American people. Ow, my shorts! Well, I don't think we got the result we were hoping for, depending on how you look at it, among other things on the way. Armstrong and Getty. Please clarify, specifically, have you taken a cognitive no, test? No, I haven't taken a test. Why the hell would I take a test? <laughs> Come on, man. That's like saying you, before you got in this program, if you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not, what do you think, huh? 
Are, are you a junkie? What do you say? So our executive producer, Hanson, brought up the how quickly he goes into yelling mode. And that had oh, escaped yeah. me. But that is that is another sign of being an old man. It, it, that he, he didn't answer, well, why would I take a cognitive test? There's no indication. I'm fine. I'm I'm fine. Yeah. And, uh, but just immediately, why the hell would I take a test, man? Why the hell would I take a test? <laughs> wow, it's just like at that, what was it, a town hall or something? He started yelling at the guy who asked him about Hunter. <laughs> that, well, that was the, get your words straight, Jack. That was, and there, virtually every section of that, uh, shows some sort of aphasia, some sort of uh, inability to get his words straight, Jack. Be- can you play that one more time, Sean? Please clarify specifically. Have you taken a cognitive no, test? No, I haven't taken a test. Why the hell would I take a test? Come on, man. That's like saying you, before you got in this program, if you take right. a test where you... That's like saying you, before you got in this program. That's like saying you, before you got in this program, if you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not, what do you think, huh? That was incoherent. I mean, I know what he's saying, but yeah, wow. Anyway. I don't think he'll be president for terribly long if he gets elected. Imagine what it would be like if he was doing the six speeches a day, couple town halls a week, traveling all across the country. What it would be like. It'd be something. Yeah. He said, uh, look, I'm a transitional figure. Hmm. And the conventional interpretation of that is I'll do one term. What if he means uh, literally a transitional figure? I get inaugurated and then I resign the next day, the next week, six months from now. I'd be fine with that. (laughs) And then you have president, fill in the blank, Karen Bass, the Castro lover. The uh, was she the one who praised Scientology too? She's a big Scientology fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's done. Um, how big an industry is the gaming industry, the video game industry? I thought I knew. I still don't know. Monstrously, last year they took in a record hundred twenty billion dollars. This number, I don't know why these numbers are just out. Hundred twenty billion dollars. Well, you need a little context. That doesn't mean anything to you. The entire global box office. For movies and the music industry last year. Music too, huh? So I got two of them. So the global box office, all movies okay. worldwide, $42 billion. Remember? And video, video games are $120 billion. Wow. The whole movie business, the whole world, $40 billion. The whole music business, whole world, $20 billion. So it's twice them put together. Wow. Add together movies and music for the whole planet, double that, you get to video games. That's how big video games are. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, it's stunning. As we've been saying for years, why you hear on Monday morning on various radio and TV shows, over the weekend, the number one movie was blah, blah, bumping blah, blah into the second place. And why it's are you Because old this? people are in charge. They don't give them a test. <laughs> well, it's true. Why didn't you Come tell on, why man. Why are you telling Come me? Come on, man. You know that Fortnite 2, I realize I'm making this up. I don't have any idea what I'm talking yeah. about. Fortnite 2 is uh, debuted over the weekend and is the number one movie bumping because that's way more relevant to way more people. It's not even close. Meanwhile, sales of 78 RPM records continued to decline. Or, or uh, really? So what is it? It's uh, six times as big as the music industry. So why I hear there's a new uh, Taylor well, Swift concert draw, yeah, or the Taylor Swift album just came out or whatever, compared to a new video game, shouldn't even be close. That's really amazing. Mm. Um, 
Those were uh, 2019 numbers as well, and the uh, the whole COVID thing has has not been bad for video game companies um, either. Heck no, not for had, my kids. Yeah, they've had. Oh my gosh, it could be a hundred to one this year. How many concerts have you gone to? <laughs> right, not yeah. a lot. How, and how much time have you been in the movie theater? Burr. Yeah, yeah. Uh, seems like I had another point on that. Video games, movies, things. I don't know. Times change. What are you going to do? It's I was talking about Louis Armstrong earlier, and I'm, I'm super into jazz. Jazz was the dominant entertainment form in the 20s and early 30s. I mean, it just was it was so much bigger than everything else. And you could travel around to the country with these 30-piece orchestras and still make a tremendous profit yeah. and everything like that. And it just went away. Taste changed. The Depression came. Elvis Presley. They, well, not in the 30s, but uh, <laughs> just times changed and people weren't as interested. And just so you couldn't anymore. You just have and that was the end of it. Wow. Huh. And then you, you next thing you know, you're with a trio or something. So when did when was the uh, the end the kind of the fading period early thirties it just it early went away and 30s. never came back really never, never came back then was it the big bands big band the swing music big, big, big band had a little run yeah but um, and then Elvis Presley the British invasion the world but, but my only point the is Beatles things don't stay the same they just don't no they don't we get interested in different things and there's different economic reasons that them, some things change the covid is going to make video games way bigger might kill off the movie industry as we ever knew it um in the I, same way that the depression killed off jazz as it was known it was the biggest entertainment thing in the country at the time i still have not picked up a video game console with any seriousness but i've thought about it fairly seriously I mean, I'm so that you could get into the video game like thing, playing it yourself. Yeah, finding games that I enjoy. But interesting. Uh, but I've resisted the temptation. I don't need more hobbies. I don't need more recreation. I need more creation. I wish I, I, need, c- I need to be more productive. I try to dabble in it for my kids because I want to be interested in what they're interested in, and I just—it's so hard for me. Mm-hmm. I, I have no interest. I'm not good at it. It's not real. That's my problem. <laughs> I need reality. Cold, cruel no. reality for me. Now, we do have Galaga on our old-style Nintendo system, and yes. I'll play Galaga all day long. Pew, 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 pew. Hi, uh, this is Corn Pop. When I'm not trying to get my razor rusty in a rain barrel, I listen to Final Thoughts with Armstrong and Getty. Thanks, Pop. Why the hell would I take a test? <laughs> He's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew. He presses the buttons in the control room. He keeps us on the air. Michelangelo. Michael, final thought. Yeah, Reba McIntyre made her singing debut in a hotel lobby, and she liked to sing in the family car. For more fun family Reba McIntyre fun facts, check out the Jack Armstrong podcast. <laughs> I saw Reba, but she didn't see me. Oh. <laughs> wow. Wow. Positive Sean. Follow that if you can. Well, Joe, uh, if you're going to get the uh, video game console uh, be wary the the next generations are coming out i don't know if that means much to you but you might be able to get one of the this generations a little bit on the cheap oh okay that's a good tip i probably won't but thank you uh jack a final thought for the folks craft is replacing their macaroni and cheese dinner with a breakfast on the new box you know the iconic blue craft macaroni and cheese box now says breakfast on it i'm all about eating craft macaroni and cheese with, for breakfast are you gonna put syrup on it or ketchup that's what goes on craft macaroni and cheese. I don't let companies dictate to me when I can eat their food. I will eat Lunchables at any time of the day. I'm a rebel. And I'll eat breakfast cereal at night. It's not a dinnerable, Sean. <laughs> Pervert. 
Oh, I think Kraft macaroni and cheese is disgusting. I realize that's a minority point of view. What is it? Have you always thought that? It's um, even as a kid. No. Oh no, 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 no. Absolutely not. I I will wolf it down. <laughs> oh, I can eat a whole box full easily. But I feel terrible about it. Yeah. Now, when I used to live alone, I'd make a box in a pan, eat it straight out of the pan. I think part of it is that I uh, straight out of the the the, the yeah the pot. Yeah. And uh, and eat a whole a hole in one sitting. Part of it was that I lived downwind of the gigantic craft plant in oh, Champaign, Illinois. That might be it. And and it did not smell in any regard like food. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, that smell. What are they making in there? Delicious cheese, <laughs> macaroni and cheese. <laughs> Why does it smell like the Bhopal uh, chemical disaster then? Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people with thanks a little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. Lots of great swag. We've added some new stuff. There's Armstrong and Getty mask. What do they call the thing? It's like a bandana thingy. A gator. See you tomorrow. God bless America. You having a good time? Okay, I, I did not say what that. I've sat here for over three hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> that sucks. If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say how very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not... Uh, good. And just change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. And we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, we're, you're, we're dismissed, is that correct? Do you want to rephrase uh, what you're doing? Why the hell would I take a test?